Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Pressure, throws it to Eckler on the screen. He's got a block to the 10, to the 5, into the end zone. High pass. Can Williams make that catch? My goodness. Three for a first down. Herbert with time. Now running out of time. Throws on the run. Down the sideline. Caught in the end zone. <laughs> Keenan Allen for the touchdown. Throws, and again, it's intercepted. And that's Asante Samuel. Here's another. Oh, watch out. How did it feel when Derwin James absolutely powerbombed the f*** out of it on national television? You're listening to the Shock Therapy Podcast with Tyler Lawrence and Zach Alfers. What's up, Zachy Zach? How you been, man? You know, yep, busy. Um, it's been really hot and in Sacramento mostly. Um, but I'm excited that football is less than a week or so away. Uh, real football, not training camp preseason which you know is fun in its own right but i'm I'm ready for some real football that matters um and i'm just excited for for the start of the regular season yeah and i think we're gonna start getting into a weekly rhythm i know like during training camp like we were kind of slow i'm in the process of opening up a yoga studio with my wife i'm dying at work you've got baseball going on how's the baseball team going uh it's good i mean season Wrapping up, we only have uh, two more homestands left, so twelve more full games. But um, it, it's been a fun, it's been a fun season. It's just so busy when when we're still playing games. So it'll be nice to get out of that rhythm. So I'm having like a consistent uh, work schedule because in the season, my 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 schedule just all over the place, and which makes it really hard to you know review film um, and and get stuff to talk about when we when we go live and record these things so i'm excited yeah, to be able to been, get back into things it's been a busy few weeks for me too dude it's a it's it's just a lot i've had a chance to, to watch the games i haven't really had a chance to really break them down i think this episode is kind of good to, to talk a little bit about the games we're going to kind of focus on what we expect from this 53-man roster uh and then we'll uh just kind of talk about those players and what we saw from them during the game um Let's get ahead and get started. Let's start with Justin Herbert and Easton Stick. We haven't seen Herbert at all. I don't think there, there's been any indication we're going to see him at all this preseason. 
Uh, it's kind of interesting with the Easton Stick playing the entire game last week. Uh, Max Duggan didn't even get a chance to, to sniff the field. Uh, and I kind of like that they did that because I, I think they, you know, Brandon Staley was talking about in his press conference that he wanted to give Easton Stick that opportunity to play from behind, try to drive his team, will his team to a win. Didn't end up happening. Uh, Easton Stick's kind of been up and down. I, I want to get your take. You know, how, how has Easton Stick played this preseason? Yeah, um, I, I think you, you nailed it. Uh, and I think it's kind of a a real good kind of summary of, of how this entire team has played through the first two weeks of preseason. But um, I think first game, I think we saw some really good things. I think last game, I, I like that he had to work through some things, uh, work through some struggles, work through playing behind. Um, I saw some things that I was happy with, and I saw some things that, you know, would concern me if um, we needed to see serious time from Easton Stick. I think I like the fact that he's getting better. Um, and I like that we actually gave him a shot to go out and, and prove himself. Um, and I think it's something he's earned. He's gotten better. He's been a great uh, presence in the locker room. Even when he's not playing, he he is involved with his team. Um, so I thought it was about time that, that he got a shot, that he got plenty of live game reps. Um, that first game, I thought we saw some of Easton Stick's best football at the NFL level. Accurate, uh, decisive, um, had some, would have had a really big game if it weren't for a couple drops, um, which I don't think were his fault. I think they receivers just didn't come out with the play. Um, this past game, I, I think you saw struggles of a, of a young quarterback who hasn't had a whole lot of experience. Um, but but I, I think it's a good role to have, I, I think, I, I like the process here. Easton Stick has put his time with the team, hasn't had a chance to go out and actually earn uh, the backup quarterback role. And, and now, and so we gave him some shots. Dugan's only thrown three court through passes through the first two games of preseason, which I think is a little concerning for someone that you, you went and used a seventh round draft pick on not too concerned because of who's on top. This team is, is built around Justin Herbert's success. This no Justin Herbert, this team isn't going to live up to its expectations. I think we have a solid backup in Easton Stick, uh, and now Deegan gets to you know earn his time on the practice squad, get familiar with um, the playbook, and, and you know learn as he goes. Yeah, I I uh, I think that we're headed toward a, a two quarterback uh, making the fifty three man roster. I think the fact that they wanted to give Easton Stick that opportunity to you know, try to will his team from behind, put him in some stressful situations and see how he plays. I thought that like 50% of his passes, uh, I think that he missed some some shots really early. As he starts to get in a real, feel like he's, he's improving. Uh, I am not very uh, confident. And if we have to see him play a couple games this season, um, I'm not really confident with any quarterback though, you know, like Mitchell Trubisky is backing up Josh Allen, I think right now, or maybe he's with the Steelers, but uh, like, I'm, I'm not, I don't think there's a single quarterback in the league where I'm really, really confident in their ability to come in and will their, their team if they get, you know, asked to play. Uh, I think that Easton six, just a developmental prospect. And I think that the biggest value of a second string quarterback has nothing to do with the arm has everything to do with the mental processing ability of being able to 
look at things from the, the point of view of a player, relay those things to your quarterback, somebody to study film with. That's the role of a, a second street quarterback. And, you know, Max Duggan, he just finished his first four year Chargers, signed his fifth year contract um, on a one year deal to come play with the Chargers. And, you know, I think that the Chargers saw enough from him mentally to be able to say, hey, this guy can help our quarterback be better. And that's the whole role of a backup quarterback. I don't care if he never throws a pass his entire career, just as long as he's able to relay the information to the starter to help get the starter ready for game day. That's the job of a backup quarterback. No, and I I think that's a really good point to make, especially looking at those two guys that we have. Think about their collegiate careers. Easton Stick, a a four-year starter at uh, North Dakota State, won four championships, has like 47, 48 career wins on his belt the guy is is used to winning he he in it's expects winning uh so that's a, a a a type of guy that you want around you max dugan just took a tcu team who hasn't been relevant in a very long time and took him on one of their best runs in program history um another guy who's not going to be throwing the football a lot this year but you you can impact a locker room in other ways there is value besides just uh, being on the field um, and I, I think those two guys are, are big or are good. What is the contributors. word? Uh, yeah, they're, they're good contributors, right? Exactly. The, yeah. Examples is the word I'm looking for. I don't know why I can't think of examples. Yeah. Um, so is Mac D- Duggan going to, to make this team as a practice squad guy? It's really hard to say because we haven't seen him play almost at all this. And we should get to see him play quite a bit this third game. He's not on the bubble. I don't think that he's realistically a, a viable option for the Chargers to, you know, keep as a third quarterback. They kept Easton Stick every single season, but Max Duggan is wildly inaccurate. And if he doesn't make the 53-man roster, nobody's going to waste a, a roster spot on a player that they didn't even get to see at all during the preseason. And I wonder if that has anything to do you know, with 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 the Easton Stick getting all of the preseason two games, I think even without those reps, Easton Stick he's been in an NFL locker room for a long time. Um, even without playing, that still holds value. So I think Easton Stick would never make it through waivers. Uh, I think Dugan has a serious chance. We haven't seen him play. He's thrown three att- three pass attempts in in the NFL. So. And that could lot. be by design, right? Like they I, might even be be able to say, hey, let's not play him very much, you know, just off the off chance. Let's go ahead and stash him on the practice squad. Let's him, let him fall through waivers. He's going to fall through waivers likely even if he did play, but especially if nobody got to see him play at all, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it kind of gets you, you curious ready. to think. He, he is not ready. Well, and we just seen it with Easton Stick. We're not how long was this man a receiver a quarterback three on, on our depth chart? And um, so it takes some time. I look that Staley doesn't rush young guys. Um, and let's be completely honest. Dugan is a seventh round pick. Even after leading a team to a championship game, he's there for a reason. He has stuff to work on uh, and that's going to take some time. Yeah, I totally, totally agree with everything you said. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the running backs. So Austin Eckler is going to be our starter. Uh, and I kind of want to talk. I We know that Joshua Kelly is going to make the roster. We know Isaiah Spiller is going to make the roster. My question to you is on a depth chart, 
based off of what you saw those first two games, do you think Isaiah Spiller is ready to leap Kelly on the depth chart? Do you, they're probably, if I had to say, they're probably going to finish with the same number of snaps. But who's going to be that first guy to, to get an opportunity? Is it going to be Kelly, or have we seen enough from Spiller? What, what are your thoughts on on that? I'm I'm excited. Um, I'm excited. I think I I I can't speak highly enough of, of Josh Kelly. The the journey that this guy's been on, um, having such high expectations as a third round pick, getting you know starting his career at a really fast. Uh, on a fast track and then kind of derailed because of injuries, but just his work ethic. Um, you, you love to work root for those types of guys. And so really like what he's been doing in the off season to get himself to this level. Isaiah Spiller is just a different type of, of talent. Um, and I think you saw it on that 71 yard touchdown that he broke. The dude is big. He's that powerful. Got called back. That, that got called back painful. on the holding. The dude can run, and I was so surprised. I was just like, "He's gonna get, he's gonna, he's gonna get caught, he's gonna get caught." But he was actually gaining, um, you know, space in between the the pursuing defender. So I'm excited. Um, I think that's one of those things that we haven't seen enough from either of them to kind of give the either one of those guys uh, a nod. I think, no, based on on this coaching staff kind of philosophy, I think day one Josh Kelly is gonna get that nod i think he's earned it um i think isaiah spiller still has a little more to prove i would like to see him his consistency uh as on like a yard per carry basis carry over to uh you know on a regular season game when he's playing against first and second stringers uh but i, I think i'm very very excited with the potential of this group i think josh kelly easily number two uh, but wouldn't be surprised if those split uh those touches between kelly and and Spiller kind of even out moving, uh, you know, further, further uh, through the season. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that they're probably going to finish with a, a pretty similar number of snaps. Um, I'm really interested in, in developing Isaiah Spiller because he's the only back on the roster next season, more than likely. Joshua Kelly, we know Austin Eckler's gone. We know that Austin, what Austin Eckler can do. We know what he means to this franchise, to this offensive unit, just in whole, like, majority of the production that has come from this team over the last couple of years has been Austin Eckler, you know, air guitaring his way into the end zone. So we just, we know who he is. We know he's going to get the bulk of the snaps, but Kelly, you know, it, it took him three years to develop into somebody that we can even rely on, but I still don't see the high end upside as an RB two. I still look at him as a really quality RB three to get you, you know, 50 carries during the season, but, I think we need a running mate. I think that Kellen Moore has developed running back twos pretty well. I would say Tony Pollard was a really, really good RB2 there with the Cowboys. And I think that we need Spiller to take on more carries because he may be our bell cow next year. More than likely, like that's our guy. And so I want to see Spiller get more opportunities because I think for this this season, I, I don't think that there's a big gap between Kelly and Spiller today, but I, I look at the the future outlook of the two players, and I think Spiller is going to be coming every down back as soon as next season. The Chargers are not willing to spend money to the position group. They don't have the money to spend to the position group. You're probably going to see you know a, an early to mid-round running back drafted next season to be Spiller's running mate. 
because we're not going to be able to find anybody in free agency that's you know worth their their weight in gold. Uh, Spiller needs to get those carries. He needs to develop, and we we need him next season because we don't have money to spend elsewhere on the roster. So I want to see Spiller with those carries. Um, I was just going to say one last thing about the running back room. Um, developing Spiller, I think, is a great point. I also really think that those touches, those offensive touches are going to be very similar because of how valuable and how many snaps Kelly plays uh, on the special teams unit. Um, very versatile player, which I think goes back to your your addition, your your other point. Maybe not a true RB2, but a great depth uh, option to have. Um, and he's a and core it, special teamer, too. He plays yeah. on the punt. And kicks. he's good. He's a yeah. he's a important contributor to that phase of the game um so the fresher guys can be the better so th th i think this is a good thing a good type of decision to have and i think i'm more excited than i've been about a running back to battle in, in a long time for the chargers uh the chargers let go of larry roundtree after a, a breakout game for elijah dodson he seemed to have come back down to, to earth a little bit um still i mean his first run against the saints where he ran over that linebacker. I was like, okay, you've got some speed and you've also got some power. That was outstanding. But then you started seeing some of the rookie mistakes, uh, the drops, uh, you know, right out of the backfield. Um, I don't know if I've seen enough for him to be like, okay, he warrants a spot on the roster. He's not playing any of the core special teams units as a starter today. Uh, that could potentially change. I kind of just want to get your thoughts. Like, you know, did, have you seen enough for him to to be able to make that 53-man roster? Or do you think that we're kind of set at running back and, you know, he's probably going to be a practice squad stash at the very least? Uh, I would be very surprised if we didn't carry at least one running back on the practice squad. And I haven't seen anything from any of the other running backs um, on, on the roster. So, you know, talk about Elijah Dodson uh, and kind of what your expectations are for him. Yeah, um, I think that first game – the two carries 140 something yards for two touchdowns. I think, you know, that got everyone's eyes opened. I think definitely if we had this conversation last week, I'd say Eliza Dotson, very good chance at, at bursting that roster bubble. Based on what we've seen this last game, um, I think he was just one splash play away from really getting the, the coaching staff's eyes on this. Um, He's going to be fourth running back on this roster if he makes it. When evaluating those depth pieces, I think you really have to pay a lot of attention into special teams work. Darius Davis has all but secured the return job uh, with his 82-yard house call. Um, offers a little more, I think, depth as far as a fifth receiver than Dotson would as a fourth uh, uh, running back. Um I just don't think there's enough space. I think we have a lot of other depth concerns at more uh, crucial positions. Um, and I don't think he's done enough. Well, there's just not enough space as far uh, on the special teams unit to warrant enough value there. Um, would love to continue to stash him uh, and build that guy up, especially like you alluded to that we only have one running back locked up through 2024. Um, but I don't think he's going to make the 2023 53 man roster just based on our special team's depth um, and and then all of the guys that he's had to battle on his, at his position-specific uh, depth chart as well. Yeah, I think you, what you saw with Elijah Dawson when he, you know, 
those two touchdowns that he broke for those huge gains. He had six carries for 92 yards and two touchdowns against the Rams. And then against the Saints, he got a couple uh, carries again, uh, but kind of came back down to um, to earth, like I said earlier. Um, he had he dropped some, he dropped six some really... carries for 21 yards. So I think that you saw the first week the potential, and then the second week the lack of development from you know a rookie you know so I, I i just don't think that we need him and i don't see enough special teams also Darius davis has that spot locked up but second on that list and we'll talk about him a little bit more um here pretty soon but john hightower is currently the second um returner on the depth chart so if you're gonna go and and try to to find um that piece to to be you know isaiah spiller's running bait next season he's not there today and I don't see another team picking him up in waivers uh, as a rookie after, you know, 12 carries for, you know, under 100 yards, essentially, is, is what it comes out to. So he's just not and, there yet. No, I don't. And well, and, and beyond just the lack of, of repeat running success, he also had two glaring drops hit him right in the face during crunch time of that second game where we needed him to make a play and, and he just couldn't get it done. But the, it, it it's one of those things where I'm not done with the player. Uh, just needs some time to develop. Um, that was a pressure and he didn't play all game. And then we threw him into, you know, two minute, you know, a, a hustle period where we needed nothing but points. Um, and he just kind of dropped the ball, but I, I this year, not a fit um, stash this guy on the, the roster, learn the offense, get comfortable and, I think next year there's going to be a lot more options as far as special teams uh, jobs up for up for grabs, as well as uh, other running back role uh, holes to fill. Uh, talking a little bit about wide receiver Keenan Allen looks like he's having a resurgent. Um, he's he looks incredible in training camp. You see highlight after highlight after highlight. And what I really like is that he's been moving around the formation. Um, he's been primarily a slot wide receiver. Uh, really throughout his career with the Chargers. And, and Kellen Moore has been changing that up a bit, creating mismatches outside, creating mismatches in a slot, using him in the motion, you know, using a, a big uh, slot wide receiver and Mike Williams. Uh, also have the ability to move Palmer. Like the, the whole wide receiver room can't be talked enough about enough just because we're seeing so much different utilization of that position group under Kellen Moore. So I, I don't think we got to talk too much about Kellen Moore. Um, and what he's going to be able to, to provide to this whole wide receiver room, because I think it's readily apparent. Um, Mike Williams, obviously, is going to be your big pay, play threat deep down the field. Uh, Josh Palmer, Quentin Johnson. Um, that's kind of the, the, the area I really kind of want to talk about real quick, because right now, in my opinion, I feel like Josh Palmer is the third on, on the depth chart. I think you're going to see a lot more snaps from him with some Quentin Johnson kind of sprinkled in. Um, what have you seen out of uh, Quentin Johnson? Because the other thing that I've noticed is Josh Palmer hasn't played in the preseason. So Quentin Johnson has been that guy uh, not getting a lot of snaps in preseason, usually just kind of the first quarter. And then he's come in kind of sprinkled for specific plays designed specifically for him, like that touchdown. But, yeah. you know, what, what are your thoughts out of this position group? And we'll talk a little bit about that six wide receiver spot here in a sec. Yeah. Um, top of the depth chart. Love what I'm seeing. Uh, 
Keenan, uh, I've always been a, a, a huge fan of his. I think Mike Williams had a had a really slow start to his training camp. We haven't seen him in preseason either, uh, but even just in, in camp, uh, haven't seen him making splash plays. But you're you're starting to hear more about him um, in practice. So he he's kind of developing. Josh Palmer's been dealing with some injuries, but I, I like not rushing him back. Um, and, and he's Quint- been making plays too. Like I've heard his name just as much as I've heard Quentin Johnston. You know, making huge plays. Yeah, that's also like huge. Like Josh Palmer hasn't been quiet in training camp. No, not at all. I, I and I think you're starting to feel you. You, it's just a natural progression of, you know, vets in this league. It's so hard to play at this level, especially when you're you're learning a new offense, you're learning personnel groups, um, you're learning new terminology for things that you've grown up accustomed to. I think he's to. there. No, and I think you're seeing you're seeing it. Um, we took him for a third round, and I, I think we're going to get a steal with that pick uh, when you know all is said and done, and all of those draft picks ahead of him kind of fizzled out. Um, I, I love what we got at that depth, and I think you can make you switch whoever, however you feel between Q and Josh Palmer. I think there are very good receiving other receiving groups that you could stack up one through three. Throw another five guys out there and i don't know who's number four receiver do you want more than than the chargers i don't i don't go find me one um and i don't i think once as soon as we get to four one of those five, guys could be a starter for a bad team palmer could be a number uh, a, a legit number two option for some teams um I, I and i believe that uh mike mike williams could lead a receiving group um Keenan Allen's done. But I'm just before. talking about Josh Palmer or Quentin Johnson. Like one of those two guys who's going to be our three or four is a legitimate starter for a bad team. And I, I love I love that for a couple of reasons. Um, I, I think first and foremost, we've seen it last year what one and it and in our case it was two, but what one lingering injury. Uh, can do to a room you know last year our receiving group was supposed to be a strength of this team and because of those injuries it it wasn't Palmer feasted on those opportunities he got a lot better Q is going to get his chances in here Um, the the depth of this receiving room I I think is what's going to speak volumes to it Uh, and now you got you got guys that are going to be able to spell Keenan and Mike if they come down with stuff that it's it's part of this league uh, that expecting 17 games from guys who have been in the league that long it's, it's just not smart to do so being able to backfill that pipeline i, I don't think that's a, it's a position that i don't think you could have too much of um and i think this year with all five of those guys in in house uh all doing a little bit different things um I, i'm really excited for this group especially with the new kellen moore offense yeah i totally i totally get it um and i think it makes a lot of sense uh, I think Josh Palmer is probably going to finish with more snaps, more targets, and be a, like a legitimate weapon and threat. And I don't think you're going to see quite as much Quentin Johnson. I think they're probably going to design some plays for him just to to get his feet wet kind of thing. But I, I don't think this is the year that you're going to see Q, you know, be have that, you know, rookie um, hot start. It's just it's not going to happen. There's too many mouths to feed in this offense but I think he is a legitimate weapon and I think he's going to develop into a really quality wide receiver for us. Uh, fifth on that depth chart is going to be Darius Davis. To be honest, I've really liked what I've seen out of Darius Davis, not just in the return game. Yeah. He had the, the, the 
kickoff or punt return touchdown. That was great to see. We've seen him on kickoffs, uh, kick returns, be able to get up to the 25-yard line at least uh, consistently. But even as a wide receiver, like he's been making plays in training camp, not deep down the field, but as a purely as a slot wide receiver. He's a small guy. He has to play in the slot. You know, he's been pretty reliable. Uh, I saw a couple catches in both games from him. I really like what I've seen in, in both of, you know, his special teams ability, that speed but also as a safety blanket in the middle of the field, small catch radius, um, tiny guy, but somebody who I really think that I wasn't expecting quite as much to see from him as a wide receiver. And I think we've seen more just in general. I I think we've seen quite a bit more. I think Davis has definitely been, you know, one of my surprises of training camp. Um, And I think we, 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 we knew this, the speed was going to translate um his his vision in the return game i i think just jumped out to you on his college tape and you you thought it was just going to be a matter of time before he was able to um figure that out at the next level and it took him one shot um and he housed that thing so love what i've seen from from him in the return game um i think he's offers you a little more as a receiver than we've seen from our last uh receiver fives in the in the last three or four years um really see a lot of potential moving forward as a route runner, as a guy to, you know, take, take screens. And, and um, I, I think early on in Q's career, you're going to see him handle those screens. You're going to see him handle the jet sweeps. The goal for him is to eventually be an all around number one, where you're not going to want him to give him those types of, of, of touches. And so I think Darius Davis would be a, a nice fill for that role long-term something that, you know, he's not the size of, of Joe Reed, but that's exactly what we wanted. An explosive returner who could have a, uh, give us some yard after catch or or some big playmaking ability um, as a receiver. And so I, I, I really, really excited um, for his development. And day one, um, can't wait for him to, to get that first uh, kickoff opening night because um, watch out, that, that guy can run. He can, he can, he's speedy. Uh so the first game, he had two receptions on two targets for 21 yards. And then against the Saints, he had three receptions on three targets. So he's he's batting 100 right now, uh, 24 yards. And then he's been seeing him, you know, scoring touchdowns, making catches. I went to two of the practices this season, uh, and he looks he looks like a, 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 develop, a really good developmental player. Now I kind of want to talk lastly about that last wide receiver spot. Um mm-hmm. Really, I, I think it's three players that are battling for it. John Hightower, Keelan Doss, and Tyrell Bynum are the guys that have kind of stood out to me. Um, are we going to carry six wide receivers? And if so, which guy are you rolling with? Because the camp darling, I think, has been um, uh, John Hightower. But the player who probably has shown the most in the games has been Keelan Doss. Keelan Doss has led the Chargers receiving room back-to-back games against the Saints. He had three receptions, 42 yards on five targets. Uh, And then against the Rams, he had three receptions for 39 yards on four targets. So he has been steady, productive, um, but John Hightower has got the touchdowns in training camp. He's got the speed to beat you deep down the field. Um, If the Chargers do carry six wide receivers, which of those guys do you think makes it? 
Yeah. Um, I, 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 at this point, I think Terrell, Terrell Bynum is, is a solid uh, practice stash guy. Um, I just don't think I've, I've seen enough from him to warrant letting Hightower or Keelan walk. Um, and I think the, I think a couple things. Um, Hightower, I think in practice, had er, definitely early on, you, you you couldn't help but notice him. He was making, if not multiple, at least one really big play a game. Um, it offers some returnability, which I think is valuable. I think what's concerning is the fact that we have not seen Hightower play in a preseason game. He's been he did dealing... play last week, but he wasn't noticeable. Like he did. Did he get some snaps? I know he. I, yeah, I know he he's got some dealing snaps with some against injuries. the Saints, but you didn't see. You know, you didn't see too much from him. Uh, he had against the Saints. He had six targets and he caught one reception for ten yards. Did he get a? He was on the statue. Oh, I'm looking at the Rams game. So he did play. He did miss the Rams game. He did play, but six targets, uh, one reception. Not all his fault. I, I think that oh, yeah. I guess was I wildly notice. inaccurate um, uh, against the Saints. I thought he was under pressure a lot, though, as well. So I don't put it all on him. But, I mean, when you're looking at the stat sheet and you're comparing him to Keelan Doss, you know, it, there's a lot to to be said for that. Well, and I didn't realize that he he got a snap in there. Um, my, That's my, the issue. You didn't realize, right? Right. Not impactful. Um, and I think especially – I do think a six receiver is going to make this team um, just uh, if at the very least as a as a placeholder to solidify uh, Jalen Guyton's potential return once he recovers from his ACL injury because he's going to start the, the, the year on the pup list. Um, momentum is huge. Um, and I think Keelan has been so consistent. It's about time. This kid is this kid has been in the league for four or five years now and hasn't cracked a, a starting roster. Um, and I think he has a lot of what the Chargers covet at that position. Size, route running acumen. He's a smart player, a great teammate, um, phenomenal run blocker. Um, so I think he could do a lot of things for you. I... I Obviously, I'm biased as, as playing high school with the kid and, and been rooting for him since I, I saw him come into the league. Um, Hightower, I think, has just not got the reps recently. Um, and so I think that's going to be the, the the big factor there. It, what have you done for me recently? And Keelan's definitely been the most consistent um, of the two, even though I think John Hightower does offer a little more explosiveness. But I don't think you that really much matters because um, I do, at the end of the day, think that is just going to be a placeholder because I'd like to think Jalen Guyton makes his way back onto this roster at, at some point this season. Yeah, I, I agree. I do think it's probably going to be Keelan Doss. And I think you're going to see John Hightower make his way over to the practice squad. Uh, you did touch on Jalen Guyton. Jalen Guyton, I think, is is he's got that spot when he comes back. I just don't think he... Uh, is ready at this point in time. He has been practicing. He was in pads and catching balls out of the jugs machine, but no contacts yet. So that's kind of where I am on that. Um, Xander Horvath is going to be our fullback. He's a core special teamer. Um, has no, he's not fighting for his roster spot against anybody. It's just being handed to him. 
Uh, on the flip side of that, at the tight end room, you got Gerald Everett, Donald Parham, uh, and then potentially a battle, potentially carrying both, but Stone Smart and Trey McKitty. Um, talk about well, a little bit about what you've heard from the tight end room. To be honest, in my opinion, I don't think Donald Parham has played all that well in the preseason. He's had a couple drops. He's missed a couple key blocks. And I, the, the, the PFF grades for the blocking of our tight ends has not been Horrible. good. Um, that is, that's our, our main concern because I feel like that's, uh, something that, that is needed in this offense and this Kellen Moore offense is tight ends who can get out and block. Well, and I, I think that is, is overwhelmingly the weakness of this group It, it is run blocking. Um, Gerald Everett, he's shown he can do it in, in a pinch. I wouldn't say that that is a strength of his game. Um, well, and he's and he's not impactful. Um, he he may be able to get in your way. Um, he's not somebody that is going to make a difference for you in that phase. Um, Parm, I, I think you're seeing a young guy who's had some things to work on, who hasn't been able to consistently work on those things because of the injuries that he's dealt with. Um, but I'm not really looking at Parm as as, as the run blocking tight end. Um, I'm really hoping that he develops into the deep threat red zone tight end that a six, seven guy who runs the speed, uh, that he does should be, um, Trey McKitty, I think has been, a, is very underwhelming career thus far. Um, I think we saw some things rookie year, another guy derailed by injuries. Um, haven't seen him effectively impact the run game. Like we saw rookie year. And I, I'm not exactly sure what that is um I, I will say in his his defense he is now learning a new offense um I, I still need to see a lot more development i think out of those three guys parm mckitty and stone smart smart has been the the most impressive at least in, in the preseason games um and the guy to give i don't know uh, i i think is really kind of I, he's enticing. Um, and he's one of those guys who more than any of the other ones, I'm like, I starting to, uh, you know, want to root for, not that I don't want to root for the other guys, just that he's, I don't know. I think I'm, I mean, I want an addition to this room. I, I like stone smart, what he can offer. I don't, I think what stone smart offers is incredible intelligence at being a, a D one quarterback. Uh, playing receiver collegiately, now learning his third position as tight end. I think he's a really knowledgeable guy. I think he's a good pass catcher. I haven't seen him impact the game at, from a running standpoint, um, and I think that's what we need. So Hunter Campmoyers have made some nice nice plays in the passing game as well. Um, I don't think he's he's really on the roster, bu roster bubble at this point. Stone Smart, I think, has, has a case. Um, I think Stone Smart has a case, but it's – I really think you got quarterback three potentially and then that tight end four, which are, are I think, two of the key spots that I'm looking as far as trying to fill out this 53-man roster. Yeah, so I think without a doubt, Gerald Everett's going to be our starter. Donald Parham, he's still going to be the backup because I think that you look at his size, his athleticism – uh, I just feel like he hasn't developed into the 
the red zone threat we thought he was going to be, the the big jump ball threat. He's had plenty of opportunities. He just hasn't come down with them. Uh, and then I think there is a battle for the last two spots. Uh, Stone Smart and Trey McKitty probably have the inside track. I like what I've seen from, from Hunter Kampmoyer, um, but I, I don't like him enough to make the 53. I think he probably gets stashed on the practice squad, and I think we do carry four. But in my opinion, I think that Stone Smart is going to jump Trey McKitty on the depth chart because I just don't think we've seen the run blocking ability that we did see Trey McKitty's rookie year. He has not been great at it. He's had an opportunity to start last season, um, was pretty much irrelevant as a wide receiver. And I think that you're going to see the field more being able to catch passes, being able to stretch the field, being a safety blanket. Stone Smart has shown that he can do that. You said, you know, former quarterback uh, against the Saints, he had four receptions on five targets for 32 yards. Um, I just I like kind of what I've seen in the development of Stone Smart more. I think Trey McKitty makes it because he was a third round draft pick and because yeah. he he is a core special teamer. Um, but I just I haven't seen what I've wanted to see out of Trey McKitty. And that really brings that sours me a little bit on, you know, a you're, you're drafted in the third round. You're expected to, you know, develop into a, a future starter. McKitty looks far away from any sort of relevant um, player at the on, on game day outside of his special teams abilities. Probably going to be more on uh, punt and uh, kick return, punt return. Um, uh, probably not going to see him on kickoff. Well, and I, I just want to say one last thing why I like uh, Stone Smart over a third quarterback or even Elijah Dotson at this point he has been consistently being rolled out with with first team uh punt coverage units yeah punt coverages so um there you go that well you, you, if you're not going to be playing hundreds of snaps at the top of the depth chart you need to make an impact in the third phase of the game um and Stone Smart has shown he he can he can do that yeah i do like Stone Smart more than i like Trey Kitt mckitty today just i do uh with the offensive line you're gonna see rayshon slater zion johnson Corey lindsley jamari sawyer and trey pipkins from left to right i am really not happy with the depth of this unit at all that's that's my biggest concern on this entire roster right now is the depth behind them um we did get to see foster surreal start a couple games last season he started against nick bosa and he didn't allow a single sack against nick bosa so there's some potential there. I still wanted to see another veteran presence on this because, you know, Jordan McFadden as a fifth round draft pick, Zach Bailey as an undrafted guy that we really don't know much about. Will Clapp has not looked good as a starter. Um, that whole position group after the starters is just not something I have a whole lot of confidence in. Um, I know Zach Bailey offers flexibility to move from center to to tackle or sorry, guard to tackle. Uh, Will Clapp can go from center to guard. McFadden can really play, you know, wherever you need him to play. Sorrell's going to be purely off the edge. Um, one name that's not on this list who's been talked about, about potentially not making the roster, uh, at least the, the initial roster, is uh, the Chargers 2019-2020 six-round draft pick, Brendan Jaimes. Been really quiet. I think that his easiest track onto the roster is that center guard flexibility. Um, 
but you've got Will Clapp there, and I don't know how much you need that, and you haven't seen enough from him to warrant really a, a roster spot. I think he's probably going to regress to the uh, practice squad. Um, what have you seen out of Zion Johnson, Jamari Sawyer, who've really got the bulk of the snaps um, on the offensive line in, in the last two games, to, to, at least to start? Uh, and, and kind of what are your expectations of this position group going forward? Are we going to add a body before the start of the season? Uh, just give me all your thoughts. Um, first off, I am so excited to see those big boys that you just mentioned. Uh, Zion Johnson, Jamari Sawyer, being able to work downhill. Uh, and that's what the, this Keelan Moore uh, offense is designed to do. Get these big bodies moving. Um, and I think it really speaks to the strengths of, of this unit. I am so excited for that front five. I can't wait to watch them gel um, and get in their zone. I will say, I, I will say the depth is a bit concerning. Um, I really, really thought the entire offensive line played really great um, that opening game against the the Rams. It felt like Stick had all time to throw. Um, we were gashing them in the run game. And we're really moving. I think that protection, that ability to move guys running the football, I think it started to phase away with a lot more physical and a lot more diverse uh, first two levels with, with the Saints defense as as opposed to the Rams. Um, still, still really excited with the progress that both Zion – Sawyer has been making, seeing Rayshon Slater back on the field. We know what we're going to get with, with with Corey Lindsley and and excited to to see Trey Pipkins continue to build off of his best year. Foster Sorrell, I think we, we need tackle depth. I think he's he's definitely making it. Will Clapp, he's their best backup center option. I think you, you have to carry at least two centers. Brandon Hymas, I think his time is done. Um, Jordan McFadden, I like as a depth piece. He hasn't had a shot like Brendan Hymas has. Zach Bailey, I think, especially at this point, as like a ninth uh, offense when you already have your number two uh, center. Um, I think that tackle guard flexibility is a lot more valuable than guard center, especially with our tackle. Uh, most of our tackles have the ability to bump inside. So I, I, I think Brendan Hymas is expendable at this point uh we've given a shot um i definitely think he'll find um another home for somebody who's who's really needing some depth there uh i, I i'm just ready for for us to move away from from that pick i haven't seen a whole lot to get excited about um wouldn't mind a, a nice roster guard uh to bring in to help the the progression of zion um and jamari but um not sure not sure who really is out there and who would hold like who would really make this group better um i think the one thing that i think is missing would be like a veteran guard presence well honestly a veteran guard or tackle presence because there's so many young guys outside of of uh cory lindsley um but i could definitely see a veteran taking you know moving zach bailey off of this list um, but right now I think Zach Bailey is my nine and I'm, I'm letting Brendan Hymas walk. Well, I think I'm re moving 
moving him probably to the practice squad, Brendan Jaimes. Yeah, um, but I, I'm not comfortable with Zach Bailey is, is my biggest takeaway from that. Uh, so Zach Bailey against the Rams allowed – I just had the PFF stat, but for whatever reason, PFF's been annoying. Uh, he allowed – so Austin Pleasance allowed four pressures. Um, Bailey only allowed one. Jaime's allowed three. Um, this isn't unlocking for me, but anyways, I just – I don't see enough from Zach Bailey to really warrant a roster spot. Will Claps. Yeah, at least he's a veteran. He started games. Jordan McFadden, he offers that flexibility that, to move inside or out. Uh, was a really, really well-regarded college player. I think he won, like, the Offensive Lineman of the Year for the ACC. Um, and there's a lot of upside with a guy like that, kind of similar to how we have with Jamari Sawyer. Um, Foster Sorelli, he's got starting experience. Zach Bailey, complete unknown. Complete unknown. Like, the least likely player to play because if somebody does get hurt, Foster Sorrell is the first guy to tackle. Jordan McFadden is the next guy to tackle. And then the first guy to guard, Will Clapp, is the first guy to center. So Zach Bailey just doesn't give you a whole lot of confidence. I know he's got some flexibility to kick inside, but he's just not the guy that I'm really you know, excited to, to see there. And I, I want to see a veteran presence other than Will Clapp to help develop those guys in the film room. And there, there's guys out there. I, I probably can't think of anybody off the top of my head. I don't have anything pulled up. But at this point in the season, there's guys that waited to sign to find the right fit. You know, maybe the Chargers could be a right fit for, for you know, somebody who's at the end of his career, maybe, you know, early 30s, who's just looking to, to catch on to a team now that training camp is over. Um, I don't know, though. I, I just I don't feel super, super comfortable with our, our backups. Um, just in general. Um, moving on to the edge class. So our starting edge is going to be Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. We'll have Tuli Tui Pelotu and Chris Rump backing them up. Um, I really like this group this year. Uh, I think that get, getting Tuli in the second round was huge because I think that we needed a, a, uh, a reliable future developmental piece who is a monster against the run and also led the NCAA in sacks last season. Uh, give me your thoughts on this position group. Yeah. Um, really, really. I I've been very excited about Thule. Um Finally going out and drafting a legitimate edge rusher in the first two rounds. Um, a guy who led the nation in sacks and a guy who comes from, a great pedigree of, of NFL talent and is just a hard worker. I, I was hearing this story, this last preseason game all through training camp, um, all through training camp, uh, Tuli has been going up to Khalil and Joey and, and calling them, sir, to the point where Which is hilarious. Joey's just like, dude, like I'm just a guy. Like I'm not, I'm only, <laughs> I'm just a guy. You don't have to call me, sir. I'm not your coach. Ask me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a resource to you. Uh, but just having that professionalism about you, being as young as he is, coming from USC um, and having the success he did there, um, having, you know, that head on your shoulders, very excited. And then he, he he's a gamer on top of it. I'm really excited uh, from the development I've seen from Chris Rump this 
these uh, two preseason games. That first preseason game for the first three, two, three series he was out there, got a sack, was consistently beating his man one on one. And then they had to bring some double teams and he was still making uh, his way and getting penetration. I think today I have Chris Rumpf as, as my third edge rusher, just based off the work he's put in the flashes we've seen through camp, the flashes and the, the plays he's made in the preseason games. I'm excited for him because he's finally starting to make plays. And now that is against second and third string guys. Um, but I think it speaks to the character of the guys that we have in this locker room. We're, we're not shying away from making guys earn their spots. And, and I, I, think you're seeing the Josh Palmers, the Chris Rumps. Uh, they've been putting in time. They've been staying late after practice. They've been picking ears of the the Keenan Allens and the Joey Bosa's of the locker rooms, and they're, they're starting to develop. So I'm really excited to see what um, um, Chris Rump could put together because I thought he was easily my first one of my first half stars of that first preseason game. And I really liked what I saw from Thule just getting after the quarterback, right? Like those bootlegs, he is killing those bootlegs like crazy. He he looks incredible. He's big. I also like that Khalil Matt, or sorry, Joey Bosa put on some weight and got back to the playing weight he was when he was a true 4-3 defensive yeah. end because one of the things that makes him so special is that power, right? Like him to be able to collapse the pocket and his strength off the edge. He's fast off the edge but he's strong as well. And for him to be able to be able to utilize his size, not only from the concerns of his health, right? Because when you're heavier, when you're a little thicker, you can withstand some more injuries, but also being able to go either which direction in terms of, you know, flying speed off the edge or going power and bull rushing and just collapsing it. Um, having Joey Bosa put on that weight, I think is going to be a huge benefit also for the run game because he, He's now heavier and can withstand, um, you know, sand, sand pulling guards up and and really collapse that that those running lanes a little bit better because he's got a little more of an anchor behind him to be able to to be a factor in that part of the field. Chargers run defense has been terrible for quite some time. The only thing that concerns me is Bosa's um, inability to stay away from penalties. Uh He's always been a little too eager, a little too eager, quick off the snap, get sacks, whatever. But there's just some times where he gets a little hot-headed, draws some personal fouls, or he, you know, jumps snaps. So those are some areas I think he needs to clean up. Have you seen anything from any of these backups? Um, it looks like uh, backups being Ty Shelby, uh, Brevin Allen, or Andrew Farmer. Uh, no. Uh, well, not that I haven't seen anything from him. I think Carlo has made some plays. I think Ty Shelby has made some plays. Uh, not enough to knock either one of those those top four guys off. Um, and I don't think we really need to because I I I'm really excited to get into this interior D line room. Um, just because I think if you're gonna look at like a fifth guy on the D the D edge. It's because you're not being able to create penetration from the interior. I think we have some really good interior pass rushers. Um, 
I haven't seen enough from from the developing guys and Carlo Camp and, and Ty Shelby to justify letting Chris Rumpf walk. Um, Tuli is locked up as a, a second a second round pick, um, and Chris Rump has got good. So I, I'm excited to see him. Uh, I don't think those guys have done enough to to warrant a roster spot, and they're they're not even on my radar if we're being honest. Yeah, they're they're really not either. I haven't really seen a whole lot from them. Um, I didn't get a chance to put everything together for the interior D line yet. But uh, one of the the question marks is going to be whether or not Austin Johnson starts on the opening day roster, or if he goes straight to the uh, physically unable to perform list, would miss the first four games of the season. He just returned to practice, which is awesome. Uh, the question is whether or not he's ready to suit up. And I think that's going to have some pretty big implications on who makes this roster. Uh, we know Sebastian Joseph Day is going to make it. We know Morgan Fox is going to make it. Um, let's talk a little bit about Scott Matlock. Uh, he had a, a really, really terrific game. Kind of give me your thoughts on the interior group. How um, how comfortable are you at the depth of this group? Uh, and then tell me, who do you think actually makes that roster? Yeah, um, I, I'm ecstatic about the depth. Um, I'm excited. I'm really, really excited about the depth. Um, Sebastian Joseph Day... I think is he's the leader of that room, um, and I think we're really waiting for him to regrasp that that form that he had that he was in when Staley was was defensive coordinator of the best defense in the league not too long ago. Um, Morgan Fox, that that is my pick. I don't think he's going to get the the production uh, just because I don't think he's going to get enough snaps. But I he, I could really see this guy being in the top five of pass rush win rate uh, from interior defenders. I think he impacts the game. Um, one of the best impactors of the game, getting after the football uh, between the tackles. Um, a guy who is no slouch and run defense either. Um, really excited about Morgan Fox. Scott Matlock is just a big body. Uh, really great depth. Piece. Athletic big body too. He is so athletic. It catches me off guard sometimes. Yeah, he is nice. I'm excited. He, he's great. Um, I think those three are, those three are locks. I think this is a really interesting question because does Austin Johnson go back on the, the physically unable to perform list? Um, Otito, uh, somebody we saw nice flashes of in his rookie season, a guy who can get after and impact the running game. He, he's not healthy to go. He will not make the roster. Um, Austin Johnson, I don't know if you want to – I don't th know if he'll be ready again. I'm going to put him on. I'm going to put him in our, our 53 because I feel like he's returning at the right time. Um, and we got, what, another week before he needs to be activated. He's got some time. If he does, he misses the first four games. Big deal. He's still going to be on the roster, so he's just going to push whoever else off the the, the, the that last kind of spot. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that they carry six interior defensive linemen. Game one. Yeah. So who are your yeah. six then? I so I've got Sebastian Day. Joseph Day, Morgan Fox, Austin Johnson. I think they brought in Nick Williams, and I think that based off the last – I don't know if you saw Brand Saley's last press conference for the final training camp. Um, he talked about Nick Williams being a big addition to that team, a big addition to the locker room. You don't say that to a guy who's on the bubble. I just don't see him on the bubble. 
And I, I, I mean, we haven't seen him all preseason, but just taking his words for what they are, it seems like Nick Williams is going to make that roster. Uh, Scott Matlock has really, like, he really blew up this last game. He was a wrecker in the backfield, uh, and he was chasing down ball carriers from behind. And for a, you know, 300, 310-pound defensive tackle, defensive end, being able to get sideline to sideline, that's super beneficial to your run defense. So I think you're going to see a lot of Scott Matlock play this season. I think that they're going to have a nice rotation going there. Um, probably going to get somewhere around like 10 to 15 snaps a game, being able to just be that guy. Uh, and then I want to add a UDFA. I got to add him somewhere. It seems like every year there's one guy right on that bubble. Last year we didn't have one. We're going to return to that this year. I'm going to give it to Gerard Clark because I really, really like um, – I really like the player. I like the story. And I also like just the big 330-pound body. We don't have one of those on the roster right now outside of uh, Nick Williams. But Nick Williams is, you know, in his 30s. Let's go ahead and keep a young guy. We're going to develop, make sure we, we lock that guy down. And I think that we have a roster spot for it. Yeah. Um, no, I definitely, I, I think six guys make this roster spot. I, I, I definitely see six interior guys making the 53. Um, I agree with all your five. I like the idea of Gerard Clark making it, who was, you know, somebody who I think was, was everybody's top pick as a Chargers undrafted free agent to make this roster. Um, David Moa, though, ha has really been distancing himself as that emergent depth piece um, on the interior defensive line. We, he plays a whole lot of snaps throughout the preseason games, and he's been productive in that time. Offers a little more experience, um, obviously, than Gerard Clark and, and more than Otito does, who I think is e eventually going to be the guy that, that makes it because, like you said, he is that big body that we're missing in this group. Uh, but I will say David Momoa is one of those other high motor guys. You can never tell it's him based on his name because his hair covers it up. Uh, but you see that hair flowing and you know, Mo is not too far away from making a play. And so I, I think, I think it's a he definitely has shiny probably deserves that roster spot. I just was looking at if I'm going to get pick a single UDFA to make this roster, it's probably going to be him. There's no other. Um, there's no I other don't shot. see another one. Maybe yeah. Tyro Bynum, but even that seems like kind of a stretch. We'll so. talk a little bit more about that. Keep talking a little bit about this interior group. Um, uh, what else do we got to talk about? Uh, well, I think we got it right. We talked about Scott Matlock. We talked about Nick Williams, and David Moa has showed up. He's probably earned that spot. Um, I, I think you're right. I think it probably will be David Moa. Um, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here and try to get a UDFA on the roster. And that's, that's really between two guys for me, Tyro Bynum and David Moa. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this linebacker room. Eric Kendricks brings a lot of experience, already a huge fan favorite. Uh, Kenneth Murray has really been talk talked about quite a bit in camp. Um, hopefully, you know, in a contract year, you know, shrugging off some of those um, those injury issues he had. He had finally had like his first healthy training camp and it's shown to the training camp or to the coaching staff. Eric Kendricks has talked about it. A lot of guys have been talking about Kenneth Murray uh, having a big year this season. 
Uh, I really, really liked everything I've seen from Dion Henley over these last two games. He's played a lot of sense, probably the most of any rookie, of any player in the preseason. Uh, Nick Neiman's dealing with a little bit of injuries. The Chargers still have Eamon Ogbongamigo, who's been a mainstay on special teams units, and they just signed Tay Crowder from the Giants, who was a starter for the last couple of seasons. Um, talk a bit about this linebacker group. Yeah, uh, really excited to see Eric Hendricks' impact on this game. Um, I know it's kind of like late in his career, um, but in his heyday, a phenomenal run defender and a really great teammate and leader. Kenneth Murray, we've been waiting. We 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 gave up a lot of capital to go back up into the first round and grab this guy. Um, you're seeing the athletic flashes, and now it's coming with game knowledge. So he's in the right places, um, and he's developing exactly like you want the future of that position to develop. Um, in case we weren't going to see this development from Murray, we went and drafted a, a, a you know, protection there um, in Dion Henley, and I think from the aesthetic to the gameplay to the story, uh, a lot to root for uh, from Dion Henley. Uh, a gamer, he wants to be out there, grew up not too far away uh, from where the Chargers play their games in Inglewood. Um, I, I, I'm really excited about Dion Henley. I was a big uh, fan of his just watching a lot of Pac-12 games this uh, this past college season. Um, so excited for that. And then Nick Neiman and, and Anman Bamiga, I think you could easily say after return, kick returner, or re after return guy, after place kicker, after punter, Nick Neiman and Anman Bamiga, I think, are our most valuable special team contributors because they are starters on all four units. They are good. Nick Neiman was a rookie special team player of the year. Um, and so I think they are big reasons why our special teams is, isn't something that we're coming on here weekly, uh, to bitch about, um, this special teams unit has really taken a 540 degree turn from, from what it looked like three, four years ago. Um, and those two young guys leading the way, um, are, are a big reason for it. I know we brought in Blake Lynch as a veteran, a guy who's, all who's been a special teams presence. I I don't, I I think he was really brought in because of the injuries of Nick and Amin Agumiga. And I'm really not buying a whole lot into the Tay Crowder uh, just because those are my five guys on the top of it. Um, I really think Tay Crowder is just there to get us through um, the next preseason game against the, against the um, Niners, just because we don't have a whole lot of guys suiting up right now. It's Dion Blake Lynch, and some some other guys that I don't know because Eric Kendricks, Kenneth Murray, Nick and Amin are both uh, dealing with injuries, so I don't see them suiting up uh, come Friday. So I really I, I don't I don't think Tay Crowder's. I think he's all a depth piece just to get us through our last preseason game. Yeah, I uh, I kind of liked how Blake Lynch was playing up until I think he got injured, and that's why Diane Henley had to come back out on the field if I remember correctly and. Nick uh, Nick Neiman is isn't out there right now. Uh, Eamon Ogbongbamiga has been kind of the the um, he's been uh, really well talked about by the coaching staff just throughout his last couple of years with the Chargers. Um, I'm gonna say that Blake Lynch and I'm 
going to push. So I'm just going to push them just slowly onto the practice squad. I think they brought in tight Crowder for a reason. Um, I, I have Eric Kendricks, Kenneth Murray, Dion Henley, and Nick Neiman and Tay Crowder making the final 53-man roster. I really like the experience that Tay Crowder has. Um, and I think he's played well while he was there with uh, the um, the Giants. And I, I think there is a reason we brought him in. It wasn't just to practice for a week just for him to you know not make this roster. And I think it kind of is between Eamon Ogbongamiga and Nick Neiman. I think that Nick Neiman kind of fits what the Chargers like at linebacker. They like athletic, rangy guys. And, you know, I, I look at Ogbongamiga more as, a, you know, a heavy hitter in the middle of the field there. Um, somebody that you really don't want playing uh, in coverage. And I, th- I, I just – that's kind of why I lean toward Nick Neiman in that situation. He was drafted by the Chargers. Um, Omega is going to be a restricted free agent next season. Um, and I don't really know if anybody's going to go and, and take Ogbamba off our practice squad. I think that he's a, a, a quality special teamer. Uh, I think that they were looking to upgrade that position group, and I think that Tate Crowder brings a veteran presence to that group. So it, it was a little head-scratching to me because I felt like we had our linebacker room pretty solid, pretty down. Maybe, you know, Nick Neiman's injury is a little worse than we thought, and maybe he ends up going to the pup list and we hold on to, you know, Nick Neiman and we put Eamon Ogbamba on that roster and try to figure out what we're going to do uh, with that linebacker room in four weeks from now. I don't, I don't exactly know how that's going to play out, but I feel like we signed Tay Crowder for a reason. We didn't bring in a developmental UDFA guy just to fill a roster spot for a week. We brought in a veteran presence. Well, and Friday I think will be, a good indicator of why we brought him in. If I, if he's getting a lot of snaps, if he's starting that game and he's getting a lot of snaps early, I think, I think you nailed it. If he comes in and doesn't see his first snap until the third quarter, um, that, that is a filler because like you're saying, he is late in the game. This is a new system. If we really don't want him to contribute, he needs to get live reps and he needs to get them fast. Um, so I think we're going to learn a lot about who gets that, um, last linebacker position early on, um, in that last preseason game. And also I didn't see Ogbong Bamiga play at all for the saints against the saints. I don't even remember seeing them playing against the Rams. It's been no, all die on Henley. Both Nick and, and Amin are, are nursing something. Um, so if that's exactly. the case, then it really is, you know, depth and maybe they, you know, resort to the practice squad. Uh, one of them does, but bringing in Crowder, I mean, they, they, they brought in a veteran presence, right? Yeah. So we'll see if either of them are ready to go for the 53 man roster. If not, then one of them is probably going to hit waivers. Hopefully we can keep them both, but I, I just, something's going to happen there. And I, I don't know what it is, but something's going to happen there. Um, moving on to the cornerbacks. I have this only keeping five this year. Uh, J.C. Jackson, Asante Samuel, Michael Davis, Jasir Taylor, Dean Leonard. Uh, J.C.'s been practicing. I think that he's going to, to be ready week one. Uh, we'll see what version of J.C. Jackson we get because I'm, I'm a little nervous about the situation. Uh, I felt like last training camp, you heard a lot of J.C. Jackson. He, he was making plays all the time. He's been a little more quiet. He's couple plays here and there, a couple highlights. I think he had one against the joint practice against the Cowboys. But this was not the year where you were hearing J.C. 
you know, making play after play after play. That guy has been Asante Samuel. Asante Samuel has been everywhere. Probably going to be our starting slot. I think that he more than ran away with that. Uh, he hasn't played at all during the preseason. Jasir Taylor's been playing. That's an indicator right off the bat of who won that job. That job's already decided. I think that his coverage ability is just too much. It's too good to be able to go and take some of the the uh, the slack that you get in the run game. Maybe he, you know, he's improved that aspect of his game. Uh, and then we know Michael Davis is going to be starting on the opposite side. And then Jasir Taylor, uh, he's played a lot. He's played a lot, a lot for these last preseason games. He's had some ups and some downs. Um, I, I feel like it's been more down. I feel like he's been on the highlight reel of a ton of wide receiver, um, you know, splash plays during this preseason. Uh, I think that his development as a coverage corner has just got a lot to go. Dean Leonard also been very quiet, but I think he's a core special teamer. He's definitely going to make this roster as a gunner because that's what made him so special last season. Yeah, um, that's my five. I, I have us keeping five. JC, I, I, I want to see the comeback player of the year performance from him. I, I, I def- hard to get it as a DB, um, but pick off another seven interceptions like he used to when he was playing for the, the Patriots, and I think you got a serious conversation there. Um Michael Davis coming off a career year, Asante Samuel coming off of his best training camp. Uh, got three quality coverage corners right right there. Um, John Taylor, I love what he adds from a physical standpoint. I would say arguably one of the best tacklers that we have in the secondary um, on this entire roster, even looking at, at the safety room. Obviously, I'm going to go Derwin James and then Jot Taylor is a, is a great tackler, is a part of the reason why he is a great gunner on special teams. Um, but I like that versatility, being able to slide him in there when guys uh, teams want to go run heavy. And then if you're going to play us like traditional NFL teams do in this day and age, you you, you want a, a lockdown pass coverage corner. I'm going to take the three, four yards that you're going to get on a run play. Um, I also think Asante Samuel is hungry and is a great, is very coachable. Um, I, I think you're going to see a significant improvement from Asante Samuel as a tackler this year. Um, that's just the next step in his progression. What can he get better at tackling? And that will get him from really good to, I think, elite. Um, and then Dean Leonard, really good depth piece and a phenomenal, uh, gunner, um, stands out to me last year, that play where he just trucks his, uh, blocker right into, um, the the Broncos receiver and ended up winning us sealing us that game. Um so really, really excited about that cornerback group. But I, I do those five are there. Keeman Hall, I think, was was making a run for that. Um I think injuries kind of put put that to uh you know kind of put that story to sleep. Um but wouldn't be could definitely see Keeman Hall making an appearance here later in the year as a, a fill-in for an injury. Um, Cause I did like the, the flashes that we've seen early on in, in his young career. Uh, and then the last group that we got to talk, well, actually before we get to that, do you, have you been impressed by any of the other six plus cornerbacks during the preseason? Cause I want to talk a little bit about Matt Hankins 
Matt Hakins was like a, a US UFL like stud. Mm -hmm. uh, they signed him kind of late in the process. I think he showed up a little bit in, in the uh, games against the Saints. Uh, I think he showed up a little bit. I think I was reading a couple of breakups he had in Daniel Popper's. By the way, Daniel Popper, thank you for everything you do, man, because you really like you provide such great content. Uh, when I'm not there at training camp, I've got like my inside man there. He's going to tell me everything I need to know. So big shout out to Daniel Popper. Um, but, you know, Matt Hankins and I think Taiwan Mullen has popped a couple times as well. Yeah, I, that would be my the, the only other guy that I've even seen make plays. Um, I think Ty Mullen, we most recently saw um, getting some tackles on, on special teams, even though he's a smaller guy. 5'8", uh, 181 pounds. He's a, scrap, he's a slight guy. He's a small guy uh, for NFL standards. I'm sorry. he's He could bench press me. Um, but still, w more willing tackler than his size would, would let you to believe. Um, and I thought he, he made some good plays. Nothing that it i don't think he's even close to jaws level or what we've seen from leonard thus far um but love keeping the receiver and the cornerback pipeline going um you can never have too much of those guys so if we want to go and stash him and let him develop on that practice squad um wouldn't be surprised especially with keeman hall I, I i don't think he is healthy enough to play uh, Keenan, he, uh, he was actually released. So, uh, he was released with an injury designation. There you uh, go. That surgery. So yeah, Keenan Hall is not going to be part of that group. Um, and then I'm also just stashing Cam Brown. I think that the, uh, the, he played a lot, which shows that, you know, he, there's a, there's a lot of guys in this cornerback room. And I think Cam Brown played quite a bit this preseason I think that's kind of just showing the hand a little bit probably somebody they want to try to develop so I'm stashing him so I've got Matt Hankins as my 13th practice squad guy and I'll show everybody this in a second Cam Brown and then Taiwan Mullen probably been the best of that group right on the bubble uh closing it out with their safeties and our special teams units uh we'll talk about the special teams unit last Derwin James is Derwin James don't really have to say too much about that Aloe Gilman's been nursing some injuries, but he's going to be our starting safety. Uh, JT Woods, which I'm sure you're excited to talk about. And then I actually have Raheem Lane making that final roster spot over Mark Webb. Uh, and then you got Cameron Dicker, J.K. Scott, and Josh Harris. So go ahead and talk about your safeties. So are you keeping on your final roster? Are you keeping three quarterbacks? I'm keeping two. We'll get into it. I'll, okay. I'll, uh, I'll share my screen. Um, Darwin is Darwin excited for the development that, that low was making through prog uh, through training camp before, um, he, he went down with the injuries that he's nursing JT Woods, I think has been making some plays, uh, made some really stupid plays, uh, but has also made some really good plays. Um, the first, I think the, the most glaring play for me was that just the boneheaded, uh, slap on the head in that first preseason game after he made a nice play. Um, can't do that. Can't do that, but I, I'm going to take that for my third safety who didn't have a lot to celebrate last year. Let's just be honest. He didn't get, he didn't get um, any type of looks. He wasn't making 
splashes in, in, in training camp and now has something to celebrate. So let it out a little bit. That's that's fine. Very physical tackler. Um, even though he's skinny, wiry, rangy, the dude can hit and he wants to he wants to hit. Really excited about his development because I was really worried there for a little bit. Um, going up to grab this guy as a third in the third round, not seeing that development in a rookie, um, starting to slow down for him in, in his second season. Raheem Lane, phenomenal depth piece, contributor in the special uh, special teams unit. I have us carrying five safeties um, just because I like – I want 10 I'm, – I'm, I'm going with 10 DBs total, um, especially with Keeman Hall's injury designation. Um, I'd rather the versity of a 10th DB than a third quarterback. Um, for that reason, I have Mark Webb slipping in there, but if I was going for safeties, I do think Raheem Lane has shown a little more uh, thus far in his career. Um, but I, I'm, I'm going five safeties, five cornerbacks for my, my roster. Yeah. I'm off. Uh, I'm off by two. Let's see. So, so quarterbacks. So yeah, I think Mark Webb's probably that next guy in, in this list. Um, I don't know three, how I did this. Fullback. One, two, three, six receivers. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and put Mark Webb on here because that's that's my next guy. So looks like I uh, miscounted a little bit, so miss one player. But Mark Webb's gonna be that final safety then because I think that he's a core special teamer for sure. He's on every special teams unit just about, and I think Raheem Lane's probably first in line. Um, because I think he's also been kind of a core special teamer kind of everywhere. So, yeah, probably carrying five safeties. And then you got Cameron Dicker, J.K. Scott, and Josh closing out the special teams unit. I just don't think that um, Justin Hopkins has played very much. And I think that Cameron Dicker earned the job last season. He solidified that this offseason, made a lot of kicks. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago when we were really stressing who, who was going to be our kicker. Uh, Michael Badgley, who couldn't hit from over 40 yards. And just know. got released, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, and I, I like Badgley, but, you know, I I think that the inability to kick from 50 yards was a, a huge uh, handicap to the Chargers in, in years past. And I feel like these last two seasons, we had a really good string of luck with Dustin Hopkins and Cameron Dicker. You're not going to save a whole lot of money. Maybe try to get, uh, you know, a late round pick for um, Dustin Hopkins if somebody's really needy. I'm sure there's teams that are going to be needy, willing to give up a, a seventh round draft pick or something like that for uh, for a kicker. Um, but Cameron Dicker, uh, big Dicker energy, bro. I'm all about Cameron Dicker. So let's go ahead and uh, make him our kicker. J.K. Scott and Josh Harris will close out that group as our kicker and punter. Uh, punter and uh, long snapper. Um, out of this group, what are you looking to kind of upgrade? Uh, are you happy with the roster as it is, or is there is there anybody that you're thinking about? You know, on, that could potentially come available on the waiver wire, or um, you know, a veteran that we need. I already talked about the offensive line, but anywhere else on this roster you're looking at trying to to upgrade a little bit. Uh. I think if we – the biggest, I feel like, upgrade as far as, like, a guy who will impact our, our win-loss column 
um, a legitimate run blocking tight end. Um, yeah, I, like, I can see that. You know, and, and you'd be instantly getting number two reps, especially with Parham's inconsistency and the lack of development we've seen the last couple of years from Trey McKitty. Um, love what I've seen from Stone Smart, but would love an addition that would make him expendable on this roster. Because uh, I think he has plenty of time to develop. I wouldn't mind a depth piece at tackle. As far as starters go, I'm really excited at the top of our depth chart. A uh, little concerned about O-line depth. And that's really my only concern, I guess, at this point. Uh, I think you could always stand to improve, but with, with our cap restraints with who we have in place right now run blocking tight end i think is the only person the only addition that would make me excited um anything else i think is is derailing our future as far as like a big free agent signing um but wouldn't be surprised to see a, a telesco value signing right here at the last second um but right now, based on, on what I think guys are valued, um, those are really the only positions that I'm looking to add. Uh, run blocking tight end and, and O-line depth. Yeah, I feel like blocking just in general is, sure. is kind of what we're kind of worried about. We're worried about the depth of those groups. Even Gerald Everett isn't known for his blocking ability. Uh, and honestly, I haven't heard much about it over training camp. But – I'm, I'm honestly, I'm not very comfortable with Donald Parham, Stone Smart, Trey McKitty either. I think I like the upside of what Donald Parham could be as a receiver, but we haven't seen it. Uh, Gerald Everett's going to be free agent next season. Donald Parham's a free agent next season. You're going to be stuck with Stone Smart, Trey McKitty. So, like, even just having somebody that you could bring in, potentially re-sign on a cheap contract makes a lot of sense. Uh, it, it's a group that we probably need to upgrade especially because of how much Kellen Moore uses those two tight end sets. We're going to see a lot of Donald Parham, potentially Stone Smart and Trey McKitty this season, just based off of the scheme of what he does. I would love for him to go out there for wide receiver sets all the time with, you know, Austin Eckler catching passes out of the backfield, but I don't want to also get, I don't want to become too, uh, predictable with that right and having those two tight end sets and running out of them play action out of them we we do it a lot we need to be able to establish that run game Don parham did not look good against the run in either game from what i saw um that's that's a big area that we you know there's a hole there's a huge hole for tight end two no l and i know this team historically likes to use a lot of tight end sets uh, but that is that is critical in in Kellen Moore's system. Uh, personnel groupings, mixing up your receiver depth, mixing up your running back depth, mixing up your tight end depth. Without that ability, that versatility on the depth chart to be able to do that, I think you're missing an element of what makes Kellen Moore's offense exciting, and, and that is the unpredictability. Uh, I don't want to be you know keyhole in, in important decisions. Um, Rolling out two tight end sets, knowing damn well the, the the defense look, knowing damn well that tight end number two is just a decoy. Um, so being able to keep teams honest, being able to keep them guessing, 
and not being able to tip your hand, uh, that's what you want to do with personnel groupings. And right now, I'm not sure Donald Parham or Trey McKitty are as the, the you know wild cards that that you would want them to be um, in this system. Yeah, I would say throughout the rest of this roster, those are my only issues. Across the whole roster, I'm pretty happy across the board. Zach Bailey, Donald Parham, Stone Smart, Trey McKitty. Some kind of upgrade there. That's that's where the only gap is. I think we're really strong at linebacker. I think we have three guys who could legitimately play heavy downs, and we would be ecstatic with all of them. I'm a little concerned with J.C. Jackson. I uh, just don't know what version I'm going to get. I'll make him just kind of yellow just because I think that you yeah. could see like a resurgence from him. I think he's got a lot to play for. Um, and I just don't think that this group is very strong. Outside of that, I'm green across the board everywhere else. No, I mean, it's very hard to build a – to have and roll out a Super Bowl caliber roster week in and week out. Um, but this is ex- is as excited, the least amount of question marks and holes I think we've seen from a roster, a Chargers roster in a long time. Um, as comfortable as I could be this time of the year, um, I think I'm more comfortable with this team uh, than I've been. The last team I was this most comfortable with was um, probably the the LT 12 and four year uh, where we our heart was broken anyway. So. Yeah, this I would roster, say, just don't don't break my heart and, and don't lose to the Patriots or the Jets in the playoffs, and uh, we're going to be fine. Yeah, I would say we're pretty deep across the board. Probably, like, every team's got holes. We just kind of pointed it out to everybody, kind of what those holes, what those concerns are. Mm-hmm. There's there, This is this is all green, man, man, man. Like, this, even Easton Stick as a backup is, like, a, a net positive. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I even like the practice squad. Like, I'm actually excited about a lot of these players. I'm excited about Taiwan Mullen. Uh, this isn't going to be Mark Webb. You've actually got an open spot here. You know, I'm excited for Brennan Jaimes, who we drafted in the sixth round, resorting to the practice squad. That means you've got strength elsewhere on that group, even if I don't believe it, right? That's what they, they believe. You know, we've got some developmental prospects here. We're also going to be getting a Tito and Jalen Guyton back at some point during the season. This roster is deep, it's strong, and there's a lot to be excited for. Any closing remarks, Zach? Uh, no. Um, I got for- one more for you then. Yeah, what we got? So uh, who has the most to play for in this last preseason game? Oh, that's a good question. Um, who has the most to play for? And while for? you're thinking about that, I'm going to talk about Joshua Kelly and Isaiah Spiller. I think both guys are going to play a lot because I think that we need to determine some sort of batting order for these two guys. We haven't seen either of them really break out. I know Isaiah Spiller had that 71-yard touchdown run that was called back, but we have not seen like somebody really take that RB2 spot. Austin Eckler's been talking about it for years. Who's going to who's going to earn the right to back me up and and get a significant number of carries? This offense, it's going to need an RB2. We're going to have somebody take that lead. I don't know who it's going to be. Those are two guys that I'm really looking for. I don't think it really matters in terms of, like, who's going to make the roster they're both going to. But this game, I want to see 10 carries from each. And I want to see who actually runs away with that, 
you know, let them play into the third quarter, let them figure it out. And then, you know, fourth quarter, you're putting out Elijah Dotson and some no names. Probably only going to see one full drive of the starters, if any. I want to see who's going to run away with that. And, you know, it's the only time you can really decide that is when you're going to the ground. And this is your last chance before the start of the season. Uh, Yeah. Um, And that's pivotal to our success. One of those guys emerging and not just getting those snaps because somebody has to get them. Uh, You want somebody to go and claim that. And I think that's why my guy to with the most to prove not a whole lot of questions as far as who's going to make this 53. Um, For me, the big one, I think Parham, I think Trey McKitty have lots of, of room to grow. I, I think they're pretty solid. Um, there's going to be a ninth tackle, or there's going to be a ninth lineman that makes this team, and I think it's just going to be by default. I don't think anybody has shown enough to secure that spot. I'm going to go with closing this out on a high note. Um, the kid has led the, the team in receiving yards the last two years, has been through four or five training camps this far in his career has not made an opening day roster. Um, it's time for Keelan to, to make that. It's time for Keelan Doss to, to make an opening day roster. He's put in so much time and effort um, into the, his craft. And I want him to establish it in a way that it's going to make it a difficult question uh, when Jalen Guyton becomes healthy. I want it to be a um a deliberation between the coaching staff. Like does Jalen just get this job or has Keelan done enough to, to, you know, concern, not concern us, but to at least ask the question. I, I think Jalen eventually does get back into that role when he's healthy enough. Um, but I'd love to see uh, Keelan Doss go and establish that game or establish that sixth receiver spot. Um, and I think three, four catches in the touchdown um, should do it for me. Uh, I'd like I'd like to see that kid get in the end zone because has led has led the team in, in receptions and receiving yards the last two games. Uh, I think the one thing missing from his his resume to really cap off a phenomenal offseason would be a, a touchdown against the Niners and uh, great depth over there. So it wouldn't be some slouch uh, TD either. All right, thank you guys so much for listening. We're getting back into a weekly rhythm now that the season starts. Now that life's calming down. If you guys are ever around the Santee area, come to the Balanced Yoga Studio. Get your zen. Get your namaste. Namaste. (laughs) Talk to you guys later. (laughs) Namaste.